Praise God. I want to get into it. I want to talk about, I want to uh, uh, talk about um, spirit of revival. And uh, <clears throat> one, of the things, one of the things is that the sevenfold spirit of God, obviously it starts off with wisdom and understanding. And I, I love hungry, hungry people, um, people who contend and all that. But there's something that the Bible reveals in the sevenfold spirit of God because they tend to pair it up. You've got, it represents the menorah um, and the Kevin, the seven, the, the, Kevin's, the Kevin candlesticks, come on. Where's Kevin when you need him, all right? Uh, the Kevin sandalsticks. Um, basically, the menorah represents the church. And what's crazy is that if you were in, in um, Moses' tabernacle, those badger skins were very dense. And we're talking no natural light could come in and it was actually pitch dark and if it wasn't for the menorah, uh, it'd be pitch dark in there. You know, if it wasn't for the Spirit of God operating through the body of Christ, this world would be a pitch dark world. Um, and so there's something about the, the sevenfold Spirit of God, but a key to that is uh, obviously the Spirit of the Lord, the, uh, wisdom and understanding. Um, and then it says counsel and might. And for us to operate in might... We need the doorway or the gateway of counsel because you can pray for God's power, but it would be if, if, if counsel hadn't allowed the wine skin to get used to the new wine, it's going to burst and tear and it's going to be in a bad state. We've seen too many unsustainable moves of God where it just it ended, poor, it ended in tears. Okay, we don't want that to happen. So I'm just gonna pray that God will breathe on this and then I think we're gonna pray for people tonight to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm uh, quite excited about that, um, what God's doing. But, you know, uh, we've had some intercessors go up to uh, York Peninsula on the weekend and just amazing things taking place. I, I really am convinced, this sounds like a very, very parochial statement. I believe we're gonna see ground zero outpouring in, in South Australia. I'm very excited about that and I'm, con I'm convinced, I'm I'm, I'm being fully convinced, I'm, I'm, I'm there. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now. I just thank you that uh, signs and wonders follow the preaching of your word. And I just thank you right now. It says uh, uh, they'll speak in new tongues. Lord, I just thank you right now. Uh, you're the genius, you're the creator. Uh, you're the one that, 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 that leads us and empowers us and gives us, uh, you train our hands for war, our fingers for battle. We thank you right now that, uh, that we're at such a critical time in history for us to lay a hold of the throne of God and manifest what is easy for God but impossible for men. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for that manifestation of your presence on your word tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So yeah, counsel and might. I, uh, um, I think that, that, that naturally at this church here, we carry a spirit of revival, but we don't necessarily call it that. For a very long time, um, you get people come to the church and it's very confronting. The worship's confronting. And it's not because it's, sometimes it can be a bit too loud, but sometimes just right. Um, but but it's, it's the presence of the Lord. And people, are, we've had people go, oh my gosh, that was amazing. It was the first week. And then they never come back. And then, and then people go, how come you didn't come back? They said, it's too confronting. You'd be amazed. We, what we, how many people want to serve a God that doesn't, isn't challenge or confront them? They want to stay in their, in their, you know, their, their twilight zone. Uh, called lukewarm state, and so, so there's something, something about the spirit of revival, and um, a, the, a really great way of, of explaining it. Now, I uh, when I went to Bible college, 
one of the, uh, well, I think one of the people that were there, their parents were missionaries. It's now called the Congo, but it used to be called Zaire. And Zaire is on the equator. <clears throat> and we're talking mega electrical storms. And so, um, I mean, I've been, uh, uh, Darwin is a very interesting place for electrical storms. I mean, crazy lightning storms. We get, the, we get them here, but not the quite as constant. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so these storms were so crazy is that this missionary recalled that there was like an antenna, just a, a, a metal rod like an antenna on the floor of a hut. And there's lightning going off everywhere. There was so much lightning in the atmosphere is that this, this steel rod or this antenna was dancing around on the ground. That's the closest thing I can see in regards to the manifestation of the fire of God, the lightnings of God, the kabod of the Lord. There's a lot of psychosocial things like repentance, the fear of the Lord, all of those things that are very, very key to revival. But in regards to raw manifestation, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. And so we need wisdom and counsel to be able to manifest and, and, and steward it. But what I want to do is I want to start with uh, a, a passage of Scripture that gives us the, the heads up with it. Because obviously with York Peninsula and other places, um, when I was uh, talking to, to people uh, up in Moonta recently, Studying the the, 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 the the revival history of South Australia, I was shocked, like you guys were. And so, in a way, I've been more excited about the, the scroll of the destiny of revival almost more than the building. And I know they come hand in hand, and you can have one, you can, you can have one without the other, but I know that's a strategic uh, uh, thing, you know, that the Lord wants to um, bestow on those who want to steward it. But it's connected to... It's not connected to empire building. It's not connected to making a name for yourself. It's actually connected for people who are asleep to a wake up and people who are, who are dead to arise. And just start seeing the history in South Australia that people would walk up to 20 miles to go to meetings, that they would stay overnight up to three weeks. Um, and, and I do know that the, the building at Munta, um, I would say look forward to, uh, you know, going through the due process and then speaking to you guys about all, of, all what we can. But basically is that you've got the main hallway and then you've got the, the, the side room, they call it the powerhouse. Because they would literally, they would literally like, you know, we go, I, I really want to see breakthrough. And people pray for 20 minutes, going, no, God's not here. These guys would pray for three days. Three days straight. We've got to get back to, that. I'd never heard of the term primitive Methodists, okay? I mean, I think I wasn't. I don't think it's got anything to do with not shaving or anything. But basically, <coughs> but these primitive Methodists—they just lay a hold of God, no bells and whistles, and just change the atmosphere. And you, this is all through South Australia to the point where evangelists were coming and going and walking from from Adelaide all the way down to Wollonga on horseback, and and the streets lined with people weeping under the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. So this, this is incredible. And, and, and reading about Clarendon, uh, 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 McLaren Vale, uh, everyone saved in the area except for a few. Uh, uh, Mount Barker, Strath Album, Enfield, as we were talking about before. Uh, out north, you've got Munta. Uh, I, I was told, I was speaking to the gentleman who's involved in the real estate um, out there, and he basically, um, he said at one stage, more people were attending church at Moonta Mines, in Moon, at, at, at Moonta Mines Church than all churches in Adelaide combined. 
That's the level of outpouring. And I think that some one stage they had thousands. Um, so, so I was excited about that because you can't do that without the power of God. And this is what we are completely going after because here, as I've said before, Maylands is a governmental gate. It's a gate of wisdom. It's a gate of blueprints. But this will be the nerve center. But when God gets us to extend our tent pegs, it's going to look very, very different. We are going after uh, laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead. That's what we're going after. And, and because I believe at the moment we're in a place of the, the nation. Now, you've got some people who've got cognitive dissonance. and They think, yeah, she'll be right, mate. But there's so many hectic things. You can look at, look at our election coming up. And you just you have to just listen to a very few speeches said, and you're going, that's it. This is what's in the cupboard. A nation that's federation in 1900, a couple of hundred years. This is it. How we've devolved. Where are the where are the brilliant minds? Where are the where are the visionary leaders? Where are the people that lead with skill and with kindness and actually represents represent their constituents as opposed to international global interests and the job they get after they retire. So this is what we have to see change, but that comes with revival. Because with revival gives us the opportunity for reformation and transformation. And so um, I wanna give the mechanics, the first place we, we hear about this dynamic in the uh, principle of, of first mention. So if we can put up Genesis, please. <clears throat> now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Uh, so remember this. So he came to a certain place, stayed there all night. And because the sun had set, that'll do it. And he took one of the stones of that place. These, 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 these guys were tough, weren't they? And he put it, out, put it under his head. Who's ever complained? They've sat in a home to get that, that, that pillow was like a stone. You know, how much was it? Don't worry, they, someone else paid for it. Okay. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it uh, at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. Yep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. I mean, this is pretty epic. I mean, a ladder, uh, you know, you get the fire, the, those... Uh, um, you know, fireys, their, their ladders extend right out. You've got your cherry pickers. We're talking a ladder between heaven and earth. Who knows how wide it was? Some people postulate that the, the language is more accurate to be like a spiral staircase like you would get in Solomon's temple. And you, those spiral staircase do look like the double helix of DNA. So here we'll just, just for, for, uh, um, just for this purpose, we'll just say, we'll talk about, there was a ladder and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. And the land on which I, uh, you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you. Now that's a, that's a good one. You know, if God is for you, who can be against you? You can mess up and God will still rebuke kings for your sakes. Behold, I'm with you and, and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. He keeps his, keeps his word. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not, hold it there. 
Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. You know, it's amazing. You can have two people in a meeting sitting next to each other. Someone's having encounters. The other person is dead as a proverbial dodo. Because what happens, I want to show that, that not only are there portals geographically and in the spirit, but human beings are portals. People are wells. And so, he, so he, one says, he goes, ah, oh, I think I'm just going to lie down here. Here we go. Use a stone as a pillow. No worries. Lie down. And then he had to be put to sleep. And then his eyes were opened. And we're talking like angels ascending and descending and God standing at the top of the stairs. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Yep. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he'd put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. Is that it? Yep. Oh, no. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So, you know, God liked it so much, he put it in the law. All right, are we at the end there? Yes, we are. So what you got, this is really interesting. We don't want to have to go back to it. But remember it says he, he went to a certain place. And the certain place is, is uh, Makom, which is M-A-Q-O-M, which is phonetic. Obviously in Hebrew it's Yahweh, all right? And <clears throat> terrible with my Hebrew. And, uh, and basically, it's interesting because there's a slant on it. And it can mean a sacred place or sanctuary. And you're going, wow. So he just went somewhere. I'm going to go to sleep. And then, it's, uh, <clears throat> basically, a lot of theologians believe it's the side of the Temple Mount. So where the, the praises come up, go up, the glory comes down. You pray, you, you do a sacrifice, you know, uh, um, a, a lamb, a goat, oxen. And what happens is that, that, that burnt offering goes up and the angels actually take, it's got a natural, smoke is a natural substance, but angel, everything carries a spiritual substance. Words carry a spiritual substance. Praise, prayer, incense, we're singing about it before. And what happens, the angels take it up. It doesn't just disperse into the atmosphere or the ether. They take it up and the glory comes down or it's like a trading floor. It's put on, God says, if you uh, put on the garment of praise, I'll break the spirit of heaviness. He says that, uh, 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 you know, if you, you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully and so on and so forth. There is the biggest trading floor in history is God so loved the world he gave that he, his only begotten son that he'd get the world back. So, so this is actually, this, this portal actually revealed this incredible place of, of, of where they would actually dedicate themselves to the Lord and there'd be angelic encounters in grace, etc. But that, that word, Macomb uh, or Macomb, um, infers that it's a sacred place or sanctuary. And people believe that Abraham actually encountered God there and built an altar. So what's interesting is that what they would do is that they would encounter the Lord and they would build altars. Now, we, remember now, 
we, would, we talked about this a lot. The Old Testament is pr- predominantly, but not exclusively, physical and external, right? Uh, you know, part of the Red Sea, and now we're, and, you know, but physical actually happened, but now we're, we're baptized into Christ, you know, and the rock that f- followed them was actually, was Christ, and, and, and the manna, now Jesus is the bread that comes down from heaven. So the Old Testament is predominantly physical and external, but the New Testament or New Covenant is predominantly spiritual and internal. For do not say, uh, the kingdom, uh, don't say here it is, there it is. The kingdom of God does not come with observation for the kingdom of God is within you. Changes everything. So you've got now, we don't have to build altars. But, but what is an altar? An altar is where someone has gone and connected with God, but usually on a regular basis. And when you go there, you actually start to carve out a pathway. So it could be praising God. It could be worshiping God, it could be prayer. See, with Abraham, he would have encountered God and he would have done a sacrifice and consecrated that place. Do you know what happens? It actually creates pathways in the spirit that become portals. So, so there, what's so exciting about the season we're going into, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. God is showing us the wells that have already been dug and we can actually use other people's revival experience to be our floor so we can hit a high ceiling to pass on to the next generation. So, so this is what Abraham passed on to Isaac, I mean, I passed on to Jacob, his grandson, and Jacob bumped into it. He goes, surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't know it. And then his eyes were opened. And so right now, we don't build altars like they used to do back in the day. And so um, you start to see that connection. Why, is the, why are gates, windows, and doors so important in the heavenly dimension? It's because there's restricted access. You can't just go, I'm gonna to go to heaven now. I'm going to, you go, well, heaven's within you, yes, but you've probably carved something out on the inside of you. Is it, is it, remember, physical and external. When you had a city, you had walls. People just couldn't go into the city anyway. They had to go through the gates. Everything happened in the gate. Exchange happened in the gates. When you were a naughty boy, it says in Deuteronomy, your parents had to bring you to the gate and try and speak sense into you. They used to do a, 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 a judge in the gate. The kings would sit in the gate. It's, it's, you can't just do it anywhere. The gate is very, very, um, how can I put it? It's very, uh, 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 it's ground zero for all exchange. Now, I'm, I, I, think, I love pioneers and trailblazers. And we're just going to do it. How are we going to do it? Brilliant. But I'll tell you what, wisdom says, why don't we find out what God has already done? And why don't we unplug those wells? So we actually see things expedited a lot quicker because we need to see, we need to see amazing things happen like yesterday. And so, so what I want to emphasize the, the moves of God that happened in Israel, in Jerusalem. You know, I was, uh, when you start to study Kings and Chronicles, Israel was so backslidden. Oh my gosh. Israel was so backslidden. And then what would happen? There was one occasion where someone accidentally found the law in the temple. No one had a copy. Can you imagine all of a sudden it's like, okay, we, we just sort of meet here. We don't know what we're doing. And then one day, uh, you know, Daryl's like, what's this under the floorboards? Bibli. Someone goes, no, 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 I'm a scholar. It's Bible. Oh, 
And you go, let's read it. They, read, they, they, they rediscovered the Bible and they read it to the whole nation and there was revival. Incredible things, incredible deliverance. Not just that, uh, uh, let alone the glory of God that was in Moses' tabernacle, uh, David's tabernacle. Uh, David's tabernacle was classic mechanics of interacting under an open heaven with a portal. That's why God needs to reestablish David's fallen tents for the ingathering of the Gentiles. It's working with open heavens, okay? And so, and then you've got Solomon's temple, the crazy glory, and just gold was a common thing and people came from all over the world. See, Jerusalem, it happened again and again and again. It, it would miss a generation, but not because God wanted to miss them. You've got like Hezekiah asked for a life extension, but he wasn't a great dad because his son was Manasseh. Manasseh was the worst king on record. Oh my gosh, terrible. And then what happened is that he had a son or a grandson who, who, who had a heart for the Lord. But, you know, it, it, we're talking like, but what's interesting, I notice that God wants to pour out his spirit multi-generationally. You know, not many people know this, but the Welsh revival, there were multiple. The first one that I'm aware of was in 1859. Way before, I think the next one, 1904 or something like that. But there was, there was an, an outpouring in Wales, multi, multi-generational outpourings. We're talking the fear of the Lord. We're talking like people. Now, you know, okay, we're going to remove Wales, go Australia now. We're Australia. And you've got people sitting in the bar, right? Could be St. Patrick's Day. That's a good excuse to have a couple, right? They're in the bar. And they might have, you know, had a few... A, a, a few Guinnesses, maybe a shot on the side, who knows? All of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. <laughs> and the fear of the Lord comes in. And all of a sudden, people are like going, Oh my gosh, I think I'm going to be sick. I think I've drunk too much. So, no, no, that's just a demon coming out of here. And so, and so, what happened is the Spirit of God was sweeped through the bars. People, the, these, the bars went broke. They went broke. Did you know that in the, yeah, the Second Welsh Revival, when it was either, I think it was soccer, it's a, the, the, the fear of the Lord swept over the stadium where one soccer player fell to his knees and started crying under the power of God. And the next thing you know, the whole people on the, on the football ground are on their knees crying out to God and the whole stadium. And if you have a look at their, their, their sporting records, it's either rugby or, or soccer, uh, you look at the sporting records and it's got all the years who won the premiership and then one year just says revival. <clears throat> we're talking, we're talking multi-generational. Then you got the Hebrides, the Hebrides, multiple times where, where there were people who did not want to give their life to God, and it, they were literally running from the outpouring to get their, all their stuff, and then move to another town. And then, oh my gosh, revival's here. Let's move to another town. It was chasing people around the archipelago. There's something about the multi-generational reality of revival. So Lakeland, that's an interesting one. I was there for 10 days. So I'll never forget it. So, so you've, you've, you, let's just say you got Lakeland and it went for, I don't know, a couple of months, a few months. What was unique about Lakeland is it was the first that one that involved media. Now, the people that have the strongest opinion about Lakeland are the people that never went. Legit. Now, I know there was some crashing and burning on the back end, but it still doesn't change the fact that God was there. But what people don't understand is Lakeland, you, 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 I want to tell you a little bit about Lakeland, um, <clears throat> is that uh, in the 70s, there was a guy called uh, Carl Strader. 
Carl Strader, and there was a move of God in Lakeland. Now, you get, when you're flying to uh, um, uh, uh, Florida, so I've flown into Miami, not a fan of Miami Airport, uh, um, or you can fly into Tampa, and then you go, well, where's Lakeland? It's not a very, very big town. The whole world came to Lakeland. It was insane. I think the whole world's going to go to Moonta. That's my opinion. I think there's going to be something quite crazy, to be honest. Right? I really, really am convinced. And so, so, uh, uh, so you had first, you had Carl Strader, but then, then 20 years later, a guy called Rodney Howard Brown. And he would just like, now, now all of a sudden, Rodney doesn't have the greatest voice, you know, vocal singing. And he sounds like, you know, a bull with a bellyache, to be honest. And he's just singing hallelujah. And there's, you could, you could uh, uh, go onto YouTube and just go, Rodney Howard Brown, angels singing, and the angels just take over. And we're talking like, I think maybe 10 minutes, and you just hear harmonies on harmonies on harmonies. We're talking because there was already portals there. There was already, already windows of heaven. There were already ancient wells dug there. Right? If you, this is so cool because, uh, and, and the glory of God would manifest. I've been in Rodney's meetings, very, very powerful. But that happened 20 years later. And then Todd Bentley, I was on the Gold Coast when it was prophesied. And I was in those meetings and they were crazy. I went to a meeting in, <laughs> oh gosh, 2008. So what happens is probably, uh, yeah, probably, 12, 13 years after Rodney was there. But I was, I was on the Gold Coast first. And I was a bit discouraged, to be honest, because conferences weren't really going after revival. It was just teaching and whatnot. And I'm like, mm-hmm, cool. And I just like, I just, I got discouraged because I found that they would spend like 40 minutes on announcements and promoting merchandise. It got me discouraged. It just did. Well, in one of these meetings, Joyce Myers got up. This is not, and this is the following year, and they rebuked him, saying, "These people have to go to work tomorrow. You're getting me up to be the main speaker after nine o'clock. Like this is just like there's too many preliminaries, too much, you know." And so, uh, um, I remember just sitting there, just going like this. I, I'm, I, I'm going, Lord, speak to me, talk to me about revival. He said, I, I, I said to him, "Do we just do crazy?" warfare and, and deal with the spirits and the atmosphere, like, like open up something there? Or, or do we just, it, it, it's something in here that, you know, we, we, we dig out and it comes out of here. I said, Lord, is it there or is it there? And the Lord said, yes. Then he showed me Noah's, Noah's story. It, it rained from out here and he broke up the fountains of the deep. There was a place of agreement. I'm like going. So I, I, I was, I, that was the most I got out of that meeting, Right was what the Lord spoke to me, not what was preached. So then I went to see with Todd Bentley, and Todd Bentley at this stage, he was having pretty hectic, heavenly encounters. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, who was with me? Was anyone here that was with me? No. I went for a handful of, handful of people, Fod, um, and um, basically, uh, uh, Courtney was there. She came to, she came to those meetings. Um, who else? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, and I remember all of a sudden, it's like we did, the, we did the worship and then Todd Bentley got up and he just started speaking. I just remember going, it's a lot shorter than I thought he'd be. Boy, those are a lot of tattoos. And then, then I found out he got tattoos after he came to Christ. 
And it really stumbled me. That's where, that was my station going, why would you get tattoos after, you know, have you ever read Leviticus, you know? That, that's where I was at, right? And I just, now I just don't care and it's none of my damn business. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I'm like this and he has so many rings on, he'd, he'd grab the microphone and it'd make, you could, you could hear the rings. It was like a, it was like a miniature bikey. And he's up there, legit, legit. And he's up there and he goes, well, I've just come back from New Zealand like this. And he's just talking like, you know, how you going? And next thing I find myself, I'm, I'm, I'm literally like this. And the glory came so violently, the place just exploded like a mosh pit. And I'm going, I, I, I want this. There were so many healings, so many miracles, deaf ears opening up, people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm just going, I want this. So then someone gets up and says, God's gonna manifest in Florida. Then my wife, she was like, we're getting ready for church and we lived in a little house in McGill and, and I could hear crying. So I'm in the bathroom, I think, and I hear crying from the lounge room. And my first thought was, what have I done now? <laughs> anyway, what have, no, no, what have I done this time? Anyway, <coughs> and, and she's just got her, her laptop open and she's watching the meetings at Stephen Strader's church, son of Carl Strader in Lakeland, she goes, I can't believe the presence of God coming off of this, right? And I'm like, and we had to go to church and we started to watch them going, this is a really strong presence of God. We're gonna, then they announced we're gonna do extended meetings. Whoever watched any of those meetings? Who, who, who? Okay. So what happened was, is that next thing you know, God TV picks it up, right? So, I was, I, so I'm like, got a subscription for God TV. Next thing I know, my house is packed six nights a week. And, and in the morning, I'd have to, would have to like, because it had flat screen plasma TV, and it'd have to get some sort of light cloth and, and wipes, get all the grubby fingerprints off. He goes, lay hands on the television set. I'm like, oh, not again. <laughs> there were people rolling around on the floor of my lounge room, growling, demons coming out. Like, like, and I'm like, this is, they're just watching telly. This is crazy. There was one night, it was myself and Adam Thompson and Ben Taylor were sitting on a couch. The power of God came through the TV like electricity. And I've, probably the only time this has happened like this, I mean, I've experienced the power of God a lot. I'm lying on my back and I can feel, I could feel a pulse of electricity going through my body for hours. And it was packed. And I'm thinking, if this is like this here, what's it like there? And so we honestly, when, when Rachel and I got married, we had no money. We had no money, and so the, the home we bought, we bought with zero, zero deposit. And just to, help, just to help us out, the bank had compassion, they gave us, gave us the highest interest rate possible, because we're a liability. Uh, that's, that's, that's how they give you a leg up in Australia. Anyway, so we had no money, and then one day, because I'm thinking, oh, I wanna be like, go there, and Rachel just looked at me and she goes, you're gonna go. And actually, it was, it was the, had the spirit of faith on it, and I'm like, oh, well, we are. We had the money within a week. Adam had the money. My father-in-law came. Uh, we met a guy called Tim Butler there. And, um, and that night Adam was praying, and we weren't used to this. <laughs> we're, watching, <laughs> we're watching it. And this, this, at this point, they're meeting in a baseball stadium, and they're calling it Field of Dreams, you know? And uh, insane miracles. And I look at Adam. He's watching. He looks at me like this, and I can see gold dust on the side of his face. Now, I'd never seen gold dust on anyone. And I'm looking at him like this. I'm going, and he's like, what? 
and he thought there was like a bug on his face. He goes, what, 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 what? You know, like, because we just weren't used to it. It wasn't sort of like, I mean, like, what is gold doing on your face? <coughs> See, this is what happens when the, the windows of heaven open. It's like you actually have fun. It's not all of a grind. See, seriously, you, you literally under a spout where the glory comes out. There's a science to suddenly's counsel and might. As we recognize God's ways, so we go there, we land in, and we hectically jet lagged, we land in Tampa. I'm going, I can feel the presence of God in Tampa, the airport. Like, I can really feel it. We're driving closer and closer. Now, for those who've never had jet lag, I've had it pretty bad. And tends to block out all your spiritual senses. You're just going, oh, there's one thing. You're not tired. You feel deep tissue, bottom of your stomach fatigue. Like, and that's what we're feeling like. And we're driving closer to Lakeland. And it's like, it's just like, and literally we just dropped our bags off at our room and went straight to the first meeting. So we go at the back and we go up in the bleachers. It was in a hockey stadium. We go in and then uh, we, we go right at, you know, bing. Typical Aussies, we go right at the top at the back. And it's sort of like, you know, nosebleed section, looking down. And, uh, and I can't remember her name, Catherine Mullins. She's singing, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord. And uh, she's just singing, Jesus, Jesus. And we're just, I'm like, I never heard this song, it's quite nice. And it's literally like the Spirit of God, like a cloud just started to come up like this. And then just poof, hits us. And we're like, oh my gosh. Every day, I don't know if it got stronger or we became more open. But we're talking like, now, I want to explain something. Is that, uh, I haven't listened to uh, Todd preach for a very long time. But back in the day, he was one of the best preachers I've ever heard. He could, he could preach the pain off of walls. And he had different gears. He could teach. He could prophesy. He could be John the Baptist with the spirit of Elijah on him. <clears throat> but the most impacting things for me was in the worship, I would have heavenly encounters. And you got people just reaching out to God. And here's Roy Fields. Who knows Roy Fields? Lead worship, same songs every night. Like if we, if we sang the same set every week, you'd be going, come on, really? Is that all we got? You know, like this. He was singing the same songs. And so what happened is that it got stronger and stronger one night there was a girl who was on the, on the verge of death and I'm just like, and we're praying for her and I literally see Jesus on stage lay hands on her, right? I see, I'm like walk, looking at the stage as Todd Bentley preaching and there was a cripple section and like people in wheelchairs and crutches, all sorts of stuff, maybe 60-ish, about 60 people sitting in a section and I'm sitting right over here and watching Todd Bentley preach. And he turns around, he's got the spirit of Elijah, he goes, you guys in the cripple section, don't you wait for me to come down and lay hands on you. You guys get up by my faith like this, like this. And then he just get like this, preaching. And then you start hearing this screaming going on. And it's like, and you go, what, what, what? And then you look, and then you got maybe 30 of the 60 start walking like this. And it was a little bit like, because the, the muscles are still atrophied, but it was like film clip of Thriller. <laughs> It wasn't quite, you know, wasn't quite right. But we're talking, we're talking like this is happening. People giving reports of people being raised from the dead over the phone. Why? Portals, windows, ancient wells. He didn't dig them. Maybe someone before Carl Strader did. Maybe, but definitely before Rodney did. Rodney had six weeks there. 
We understand. Counsel manifests might. That's why wisdom is the principal thing. With all we get and get understanding, wisdom is the principal thing. And so, so we had that. So now we've got this, we've uncovered this incredible revival heritage in South Australia. And they're saying, I want to do it again, but with signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to see the churches packed everywhere with people encountering God, not religion. I want people set free, people getting saved out on the streets. I remember, like I said, just like in Lakeland. We, we, now, I've been in personal outpourings, I don't know, a number, a number of them, where we're just meeting all the time. It just, it's just so, who loves this subject? Seriously. But when you start to understand open heavens and portals, it's, 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 it's so cool because you get a better result and you get it quicker. Okay. So portal, we're talking ladders. Let's talk about what's down here, okay? So Bible speaks in very language that we don't usually talk in. We talk about, you know, like I said, we don't, the Bible uses ladders, gates of heaven, windows and doors. We go portal, so that covers the whole bit. But let's, let's see what Isaiah has to say. Isaiah chapter 12, verse three. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, from the wells of salvation. So, the closest thing to life in the natural is water. You can go on a long fast, a long water fast, but you can't go on a long fast without water. You're over 70% water, okay? Um, we're gonna go into teaching about water and water spirits soon because what happens is there's times where God rebukes the sea, but these are like Babylon, but Babylon's inland is because the abyss is full of water. Because when God spoke to the deep, it's called Tahalm, right? That's, the, that's the, uh, um, the, the Hebrew word. You start to realize water spirits are real and, and demons, when they get cast out, they don't wanna get cast out because they get sent to dry waterless places. And so we'll learn the power of water because it's a, Jesus came to amongst to save the world and establish his kingdom, but to establish heavenly waters. You've got rivers of living water. You have Ezekiel's river. You have Revelation 22. I will pour out my spirit and so on and so forth. So uh, it's not just visual language to concretize the abstract, right? It's actually like you just go, oh my gosh, water equals life. You know, when you get sent out to a dry and parched land, it's a form of judgment. But when he leads me beside still waters, green pastures, he restores my soul. So here we have, we have the fact that, that we can drink from wells of salvation. They're not just natural wells. All through Genesis, they, they dug a well here, they dug a well there. You build a community around access to water. Now, one of the things is that uh, the word cistern and well are synonyms. They're the same thing, Okay. So people can dig into bad places. Let's have a look at this. This is a big rebuke at Jeremiah, thanks. Um, God says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have dug or hewn for themselves or dug for themselves cisterns or wells, broken cisterns or wells that, can, that hold no water. So people... It says this, if you dig a pit, you will fall into it. If you break through a wall, you get bitten by a snake. There are people that want to do sin and evil and they continually do it and they build an altar of sorts. When you do something repetitiously with an intent to get a result, you will break through, just like Jim Morrison sung, break on through to the other side. So here you've got God's people 
forsaking the fountain of living waters and digging into the demonic. It's pretty hectic. You know, uh, uh, before, you know, like I said, uh, get too misty-eyed about, you know, God's chosen people, Israel, who need Christ now, right, is that they were so away from God. In the book of Revelation, God called them Sodom and Egypt. That bad. Uh, and there's, it gets worse, but we're not, I don't want to segue too much into that. But you've got, when, 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 when places do evil, when people forsake when they forsake, right, what they're called to do, it's better that they never came to the Lord than they forsake it and then go and do evil. You actually start to dig wells. If someone's constantly, they've got uh, uh, issues with addictions, you actually start to dig wells. And if you dig long enough, you're going to hit the wrong stuff. You get attacked by a devil or something like this is real. So I remember when I was growing up, I grew up uh, in an area called Tranmere. And there was a park called the Gums. Who's, who's ever heard the Gums in Tranmere? Yep, yeah. well, I, I grew up opposite there. And I remember as a kid, you know, I, like in the middle of the night, <laughs> like he's nuts. And like, I'd have been bad. My, my dad, like, uh, I heard a funny story, is that people used to break into our cars. Right, you get the beautiful eastern suburbs and the gums and oh, it's lovely and family park. Not back then. Not back then. There were cisterns full of dark water. People break into, people break into uh, our cars, you know. And, and, and one time they, like, I got like there was baby baby photos of me because I was very young, and uh, uh, strewn all across our front lawn. And my dad was a bit angry. Um, and then um, uh, then one time he caught them while they were doing it. So dad, being very angry, didn't have time to get his clothes on. So in his underpants, he ran out there with a cricket bat. The people saw my dad running after with a cricket bat, bat in his undies. And they, they got in a car and drove off. So dad chased them in his car until they stopped at a red light and got out and smashed their windscreen. <laughs> I had to get it from somewhere. Anyway, so... So I remember waking up in the morning and I'd go across the park and there'd be a car park. We're talking smashed bottles everywhere. And we're talking, I reckon like, like a thousand cigarette butts. This is like, well, these guys are crazy. It was bikey hangouts and whatnot. And so, so I remember that was the sort of like, yeah, when it got dark, you don't go out there. It's a bit, bit creepy and whatnot. So anyway, so I come to the Lord, right? So some years later, and so uh, a lady called Jackie, uh, my next door neighbor introduced, Jackie Hall, her name is, uh, she introduced me to Adam. And he'd been Christian for about a year, year and a half. I'd Christian for about three weeks. And I'd enrolled to go to Bible college because that's what you do when you've been saved for three weeks, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. First week, we're going to start the Old Testament. I said to the guy next to me, what's an Old Testament? Go, you are fresh, aren't you? <laughs> and so, uh, so, so, this is Adam, Adam, uh, maybe you guys can become friends like this. And that's the worst way you can start two guys meeting each other. Maybe you could be friends. Well, maybe not now. And <clears throat> arms falling. Anyway, so he'd, he'd drive from his dad's house, his parents' house, and he'd drive through and he'd pick me up. So he'd, he'd pick me up now. I'd only been saved not long. He goes, why don't we pray before we go to Bible college? Like this. And I'm like, let's just do that. So we'd get together. Now, you understand I'm a new Christian. I'm, I'm sort of like one step above useless. <clears throat> I didn't know how to pray. 
I didn't know what to pray for, how to pray. And we're just praying. So we pray probably every day for 20 minutes, uh, for, or so, so five days a week for a year, not really knowing what we were doing. Did you know all that activity completely disappeared in the park? It completely changed. And there used to be heavenly encounters in there. Because you just, because you, I'm not saying you build an altar, but when you go regularly, you know, if you own your own home, it's better than if you rent for this reason. But if you rent, that's fine as well. Is that there's a place in your house you connect with the Lord? It might be, I like to pace. I've got about three or four points where I can sit there, I know I'm going to meet with the, um, the Holy Spirit, will talk to me. Um, I, my, my, my pantry has very, very, have a very special relationship with my pantry, besides, I love the food in it. I've seen the Lord, I've seen the glory come out of the pantry. And, and remember, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit and the kitchen is the heart and the, and the, and the pantry is the heart of hearts, okay? It is, it is. I mean, we can't do much, there's nothing in the pantry. So, oh, look at these lovely bench tops. And so, so I've, I've encountered the Lord different places, but in those different places, there are like altars. So we're starting praying and we start to open up the heavens. See what happens when people are double-minded? They get nothing done. We just persisted. But, oh, that doesn't work. I'm discouraged. What, have you tried it for three minutes? There's a time where we've got to do things by faith and there's no feels. It might be the opposite. I feel condemned, I feel hopeless. Keep talking. I'm walking through hell. Keep walking. And that's how you carve things out. So what happened is then I moved out of home and then a few years later, it became a place of intense. So where there were bikies, they never came back, but it became such a place of intense sexual deviancy, they had to demolish the toilets. It was disgusting. It was actually famous around uh, uh, town. And so I, I, I really want to highlight the reality of portals to heaven and gates to hell. You get people doing bad stuff in the same place, you've got gates to hell. And it actually it says, it says, it warns us in Psalm, Psalms. I mean, hey, look, go for it. Do street evangelism, go into nightclubs and get people saved. But it says, it says you don't want to be sitting in the seat of, you know, walking with, sitting in the seat of the scornful. You know, it's, you're walking with them, you're standing with them, then you're sitting down, and then next thing you know, you're fellowshipping, next thing you're, you're sitting in a, in a portal of hell. If you don't have an intent to see the move of God there, then you just, you know. So, so we're, we're talking about portals and windows and gates. Now, then you have, let's just put, this is a, a clear one, Matthew 16 and 18. Jesus is building his church in spite of gates to hell. And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so what happens is there are gates of hell more places than we know because people have built altars to actually drill down into dark, bad things. They really have. And so, so what happens is the Lord goes, what if, what, does he put, what if he's put you in a challenging work situation? Dig out, carve out a portal for heaven. Shut it down. Go in and, go in and, and, and change it. You know, seriously. Like, um, I, I just, I probably, in, in some ways, God uses me because of a lack of brain cells. Because I just have a go and then he turns up and then I look back at what I did and I think, gosh, that was stupid, but God did turn up. You know, I, I, was, a, I was a one-year-old Christian. I was, uh, I, I was working at a restaurant called, I was working at the very first ever faster pastor and it was in Peary Street, it was packed. And they would, they would, the, the meals were cheap and the food was fresh, it was good. 
And there was a guy called Enrico. Go, via, via. And as soon as you finish your food, food, he'd he'd kick you out. And people loved it. Smack me, daddy, you know. And it's like the turnover, people, they had to line up down the stairs. Who's ever ate in the faster pasture in Perry Street? Down the stairs. Down the stairs. I was working there. I was working there. I was working there. And so anyway, so basically, you've got the, the, the stairs coming down. And, and it's like, I'm going, I'm, 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 you know, I'm 18, I'm flesh and blood. And I'm sort of like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, onward Christian soldiers march, I'll be a witness like this. And it's sort of like, I'm single, so it's legal. I'm going, oh, she's all right. Oh, come on, yeah, there we go, come on. Hey, come on, I'm working here, I'm working here. Anyway, so basically I'm going, okay, I'm not living in victory in this work situation. There's a bit of a gate going on here, right? So I, I, before each, each, each shift, I'd go like this, I'd go, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. You've put me light in a dark place. In Jesus' name, I take authority over the demons. And I use the keys of the kingdom and I actually bind them. I shut them down. And right now, I open up the windows of heaven and I thank you for souls in Jesus' name. And so I do that every shift. And it wasn't easy at the beginning because as soon as fatigue comes in, spirituality goes out the door. But the glory got stronger. People go, people go, sit down. It needs to do a free staff meal. You know, I don't know where anyone has a free staff meal anymore. But there was a thing called generosity a couple of generations ago. <clears throat> Sit down, people go, so what did you get up to on the weekend? I'm like, you know, uh, I was at church. And they're like, oh, right, because they, they knew. And they're like, oh, you know, you, you get a bit? Yeah, you get a bit, do you? I'm like, nah. <laughs> they're like, why not? I said, oh, I don't believe in it. What? And it was on like Donkey Kong. What do you mean, God? You know, God's into that. I said, no, 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 I believe in, I believe in marriage and, and the sanctity of marriage and all that. Again, you don't, you tell me, you, you, mate, in my face. And I'm sort of thinking, do you think I'm happy about this? Anyway, so, <coughs> so basically, right, so I was 18, and, and basically it's like, uh, and then sort of like, then I just, the per- Percy on the payroll, man, they're just teasing me all like this. And, 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 you know, I'm sort of like, you get the, 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 the basket with the bread and the, the, um, uh, uh, the butter and all like this, like this. And, I'm, I'm, and then go, come on, Todd, start work, uh, stop, stop praying and start working. I'm going, like, I'm working harder than you. And then give me a hard time. And then all of a sudden, what started happening is the Spirit of God started to move. And there's a guy called Aldo. Okay. There's a couple little, a, a, gosh, a couple little Italian ladies are washing the dishes out the back, you know. And uh, Aldo. You naughty, naughty boy. You know, what would you like to, I can't remember her name. What would you like to say? Kenoto. And, and so if she was an intercessor, she'd go, I'm bound to you, Satan. And so, and so they're like, you know, and, and so, so Aldo's like this, and he goes, you know, so you believe in God like this. And anyway, he goes, do you hear from God? And I go, yeah, yeah, I do. And, and I mean, <coughs> can you hear from God for me? And I go, sure. And so I go, leave it with me. <laughs> so I go home, I go home. I go, God, you're gonna have to speak to me about Aldo. Give me a word of knowledge like this. Now he'd just moved over from Rome. He was with his wife and young child. And they were living in Campbelltown. And so he's like this, and he, about two or three shifts, he goes, have you heard from God yet? I said, not yet, but I'm working on it. And <laughs> I wish I could just tell you guys, I got you know five point word of knowledge and just the glory and everyone vibrated and Jesus turned up. But one day, having the shower, because of the, you know, the rivers of living water, and all of a sudden the Lord says, starts speaking about Aldo. I'm like, ah, 
come in the church. I mean, come in church, come into the, to the restaurant. I'm not institutionalized much. Um, and so he comes like this. He goes, have you heard from God for me? I said, I have. He's like, come here, like this. He goes, what did he say? And I told him what he said. And he goes, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, like this. And then he's like, and he's walking up the stairs, like everyone in the restaurant saying, I love God, I love God. Now, I got cultural cringe now. I'm not like going, hallelujah, let's pray for the baptism. I'm like, where can I hide? I love God. Like this. Lead him to the Lord. He comes to church. Um, and then they started dropping like flies. Is that, is that, I got, now, this is going to date me, and this, no, I'd be shocked who, who's heard of this guy. I take him to influencers. I take the owner and the manager to influencers, right? Now, I'm telling you now, if, I, if that heaven was closed and I invited them, probably go, are you kidding me? I want to go to that. But they are now intrigued because the demons have been busted off and there's an open heaven over this restaurant. And I take him to the restaurant. I take him to the restaurant. Gosh, I'm getting my... I'm the, <laughs> After we visit the toilet, then we go to church, and then after the restaurant, okay, we're at church. Has anyone here ever heard of Jim Spillman? Yes, amazing ministry. He uh, um, did a big citywide meeting um, uh, that Clems Eagle Paradise hosted. Power of God, we're talking like, he used to go, 400 people slain in the spirit, powerful. Miracles. He got in the prayer and the word so much that he would just start preaching real dry and a woman would stand up going, um, uh, c- c-, and he's like, yes, yes. God, God just opened my blind eye. Okay, okay, well, can you just sit down and we'll talk about it later? Like, he's so religious. <laughs> Serious. So religious. But then God, and then Catherine Corbin got a hold of him and he was useless, you know, just for the, for the natural. And <clears throat> he comes and preaches. <clears throat> so what happens <laughs> is this power of God's falling People getting slain in spirit everywhere. So I've got, I've got the owner on one side <laughs> and I've got the manager on the other. And then it's like the altar call. And I'm like, and the people fall in the, the globe like this. And I go to the bottom, no, 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 this is his name was Nino, right? And I go to turn to Nino like this. And I go, do you wanna come down the front? He's actually underneath the chair shaking. He's going, I'm going, do you want to come down the front? He goes, oh, I'm afraid. He's a multi-millionaire, proud Italian. Then I go to get the manager. He's actually gone up the front without me. <laughs> a month later, I think her name was Rosa, I think. She comes up to me and she just goes, her, her face is glowing like light coming out of it. And I go, hey, go on. And she, you're good. she goes, I did it. And I'm like, she goes, I gave my life to Christ. Like someone else, like, like, see, listen, this is what revival looks like. This is what it looks like. It's not about superheroes. It's just about obeying the Lord and working with the Spirit of counsel, shutting down the gates of hell, opening up portals of heaven. But we've already got a head start. This is, this is, this is the season that God has, because we've, we've, we've seen God move in the government mountain and will continue to, and all the other things, who is hungry for revival? Seriously, seriously. But we need to understand gates, windows, doors, portals. So, so then we have um, one of our, 
We, 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 when we went to the Dame Roman Mitchell Center and we were at the church and there was so many witches in that school and they'd driven the, the, the principal out and we went to that church and it was dead. The, the church struggled for about a month. I'm going, what am I doing here? And the Lord says, I want you to do a Jericho walk around the premises. And we did a Jericho walk every week for months. And he goes, done. The glory turns up. We had revival. We saw the dead raised. We saw so many miracles. You know the story that like the slain in the spirit everywhere, bodies everywhere, and one's actually dead. Erica, his name's Erica, right? She's dead. I'm leading worship like this. And Adam looks up at me and goes, Erica's dead. He goes, what do I do? And I said, raise her. I did. Right? Because her husband's there, no pulse, not breathing, going cold, the whole, the whole, you know, the whole trifecta. And and so, and so they're praying for me while the husband's called the ambulance and the, the ambulance comes in and, uh, and his body's everywhere and they're going, which one's the dead one? <laughs> True story. And then, and then they wheel her out and she'd just come back. She'd just come back from the dead, right? She's sort of like, <laughs> and they're wheeling her out on the, on the stretch of the gurney type thing. And, uh, and then everyone's sort of like going, oh, what happened there? Because they didn't know. They just saw people saying the spirit, next thing the ambulance is here, they didn't know anything. They just get her out and I said, spirit of death is on her. She just came back from the dead, but there's still a spirit of death on her. Let's pray for her. We found out afterwards that she died again in the ambulance. We called her back. And we, we were seeing that. See, when you've got that sort of in the atmosphere, you, you've got that little, that little rod will just dance around because there's enough. But it's, it's about windows, gates, and doors. Council manifests might. And God wants us to know that we are called to shut down gates of hell. One of the callings of Abraham, he said, Abraham, I love you so much. I'm gonna empower you so much. My covenant with you is so powerful. You will possess the gates of your enemies. And that's what we're called to. In Australia, the church doesn't understand this. Gates everywhere are being possessed by the enemy. It's porous. You got a rumor over here, the flipping spy boat off of WA. We've sold our ports. A port is a strategic entry. How much treason is going on? And it always comes down to is the church awake, alive, functioning, and taking authority? Is the church possessing the gates of the enemy? A contract's nothing in the natural when God's people get a hold of legal realities and shut those things down. It doesn't, it doesn't augur well for this nation if we don't have the gates. And there are gates everywhere. And this isn't just like a cutesy revival message. This is indispensable to see our nation going forward. We really, it's, a, it's a big deal. So the last point is, is that individuals are gates. Lift up your heads, O your gates, you everlasting doors, Psalm 24, and the King of glory will come in, who may ascend up the hill of the, hill of the Lord. Clean hands, pure heart, hasn't lifted up his heart to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. But, but here, what's interesting is that human beings, is that you've got your physical body, but you're connected to other dimensions, whether you realise it or not. I just want to be very, very, I want to be, I want to be <coughs> relatively, um, uh, what's the word? I want to be crystal clear on this is that depression usually isn't just depression. It's usually connected to a dark place. You gotta shut down, all right, seriously. A, 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 a infirmity, I've, there's stuff over my bloodline, I've gone, no, I'm gonna shut down this infirmity. Gotta shut down this infirmity, right? It's usually, it's, it's a connection. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a portal of some description. So basically, 
is that, have a look at this. This is what the Bible talks about false teachers. Have a look at this. Uh, um, it's Second Peter 2, 17. It says, these false teachers are wells without water. They're cloud carried by a tempest and whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So we're talking like wells without water. God sees people as wells, not just gates and doors. You've got your physical temple, but you are connected to other dimensions. And so we're, we're connected. We're, we want rivers of living water coming out of us. That, the, that, that, that from the threshold of the throne of God, from the temple, actually on the inside you are connected to rivers of revival. Who wants that? If we put up the next one, Proverbs 18.4. It says, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. So words just aren't words. This whole, I was just saying, is a disclaimer of responsibility. You can't just, just say. For me, I like to muck around. I love, I love laughing. I love having fun. But then I have to, I'm so much more accountable for my words because of who I am and what I carry. Because there's a, there's a, if, if, you want to, if, if you want power, apart from having a spirit of counsel to manifest, might have understanding. Have a close relationship between your heart and your mouth. If you exaggerate, lie, sarcastic, you don't get power. Or whatever power you're meant to have, it gets diluted. Because... Believe in your heart and do not doubt you get those things you say will come to pass. So, so there are rivers of living water. There are, there, are, there, are, there are waters of revival coming out of your innermost being. Um, I know that, 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 that when I was, uh, so I believe I am, but I, there's seasons I've been literally a walking open heaven, a walking portal. And I first, when I was first saved, and that's just absolute sovereign grace, but there was that season I literally, you know when you, let's just say you go, I, I, I need to change. And this is not a church you come here just to hide. You don't come here to hide because the Lord will find you. And he says, I really want you to change. And then if you don't want to change, it'll just won't work out. It's just the way it is. Because he says we're ordained to be conformed to the image of his son. And God's so committed to that. And he just like, the fire, get the old Bunsen burner out. Not going to change. Still not going to. I'm thinking about change. So, <coughs> so I'm reading the Word four to six hours a day for weeks. But I realize it feels like I'm dr drilling through granite, not feeling it, no feels, no glory. Like, mm -mm. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought, this has to work. And then all of a sudden, I hit a gusher. And I would go, I remember going to a friend's house. Uh, we, we had, this is when the first outpouring that we stewarded. And when I sit there, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I, look, it was like a party trick. You know, I mean, we didn't understand the fear of the Lord like I do now, right? But I go like that. We'd be a room full of guys. <clears throat> I'd finish tennis coaching. I'd sit there. And all right, let's open in prayer. I might I'm, I'm, I'm open with a scripture. I'd start reading Psalms. And the Spirit of God would fall every time. I'm just reading the Bible out loud. I became a walking well. I became a walking portal. And so that carried through. I would, I would meet people in shopping centers and they'd just go, I can feel the presence of God. I'd have people growling at me. Not Christians. Um, people are like, no, seriously. Now, it, Matt, uh, Maddie was telling me last year, I was actually like really seeking God. And then I went to Hope Church down the road and I was listening to 
a lot of these very broken professionals who wouldn't get the jab and had lost their job. And I, I didn't come to the afternoon service because I was going there. And I was sitting there, and God was speaking to me. And then I just sort of like, I don't even think I said anything to you. I think we had a meet and greet or something. And I walked past you, and you could feel the Lord walk past you. You could say, what the heck? Because we are walking wells, walking portals. What do you think happened with Peter? And they brought the sick out. See, when you actually go, oh my gosh, wisdom, uh, counsel begets might, portals, they're there, they're there, and they're in here. And you start to understand, that's what revival looks like. Yes, it can be manifest in a geographic location like Lakeland, like Wales, like Hebrides. And it will all over South Australia, but don't you wanna be a walking portal? Don't you wanna be a walking well? I go to, I remember a mate of mine who was, I would say, demon-possessed. He had a spirit of destruction on him. I don't know how he didn't die so many times. Drink, driving, every type of drug. He, like he drank, like one night, he drank 12 litres of wine. Like, that was an imperative. We're talking, I don't know, his name was Brett. I'd be shocked if he's still with us. I led him to the Lord, happy ending. But basically, I go, go around there and I go, I'm gonna get you to church like this. And he's sort of like, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I can feel, I can feel the glory come in the room and the demons screaming and he's sitting there and he's sitting there and he's, he's got a cigarette and he's now pulling out chunks of hair and hitting, punching himself in the head. And I'm going, why don't we go to church now? <laughs> Demon, and he, and he goes, what are you doing to me? Every time I'd see him, the power of God would hit him. And I'm not even like, I'm just, you know, like, hey, how you going? I'm not doing it in King James. There's no like, I'm not putting Jesus' name on the end of everything I'm saying. You know, do you wanna to go to church in Jesus' name? Okay, I'll drive in Jesus' name. Okay, yea, verily, it will be a good of timeth. So there was none of that. I was just, hey, let's go. You become a walking portal. Hey, don't you think that'd be good for your healing, for your finance, for your destiny? Because you work hard to make it easy. It looks like be diligent to enter the rest. Be diligent to enter the rest. And so I saw this again and again as a tennis coach and we're gonna do the last two scriptures and then we're gonna pray. You guys doing okay? Okay, can we put the pads on please? Okay, so this is, this is where we're going with it. It's an inside, outside world. And I, I, we're gonna be praying for people today. Um, just put up, put up John. John chapter four, verses 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, which is the woman at the well in Samaria, <laughs> had five husbands, the one you with, not your husband. And uh, she, she had the gift of the gab. She became a mighty evangelist after this encounter. She got the whole town to go out. Seriously. <laughs> I don't know why they gave me the giggles. All right. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That's a portal on the inside. See, at the moment, Australia is in crisis. Just because we're in election mode, and all the politicians are going, I love you, I love you, I love you. In a couple of weeks, they're like, I love who? Serious. 
Some of the policies that came through in the last two years were stone cold demonic. Whenever you see coldness and indifference to suffering, it's demonic. And you can hide behind any rhetoric you want, forget about it. People have been really, we, we, uh, Australia has been traumatized. Australia has been traumatized. We've got people here who've moved from interstate because the this, this state started closing down full Stasi Nazi level. Serious, trauma. And the only antidote for trauma is rivers of living water. He restores my soul. My son, he get, gets to, got, got taken up to heaven. He's sitting there, he's like, and I'm going, I've never seen him listen so intently. I'm sort of a bit, almost a bit like. And he literally left his body, come and grab me. He went up into heaven, right, with me. So I didn't feel it, right? Surely God is in this place and I did not know it. And he's up on a mountain where he's in heaven and he can see all these wells. He saw all the wells. He sees him. I'm like, okay, chosen one spoiled person. I didn't see that. I'm the preacher. It's good to have a bit of godly jealousy. Anyway, and, and so, so we, we got this like, the Lord says, I want you to thirst after me. Just finish the last scripture before we pray. So Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and this is now who's gonna do the work. This is who's doing the work on the earth. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. Jesus is finished, He's seated, okay? And He's gonna be seated until we, God the Father makes all His enemies His footstool. It says in Psalm 110, the most quoted Psalm in the whole New Testament. Acts chapter three, verse 21, it says, heaven must retain Him until the restoration of all things. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. I think we're gonna get in a little bit of worship in a minute. We're gonna sing in the Spirit. But if you're hungry and you haven't been filled with the Spirit, we wanna pray for you. But we wanna just see. Now, this is what we're gonna do. First sip for the night. In a minute. I want those who are, well, everyone really, we're gonna put the pads up a bit, but I just want you to, I want in your worship, I want you to sort of lay a hold of it. You're actually letting out your worship in the spirit, worship from here, not a head thing, not a head thing. Just start to let it out. Now, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I'm gonna assume most people here, maybe not all, but most people here being filled with the spirit. The Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so if you're worshiping and you've never been filled with the Spirit before or, or spoken with other tongues, you find all of a sudden an unction comes, we're all gonna be doing it. I want you to just start to let it out. Let it out. There's just one syllable sounds that start to form some sort of crazy language. You know, the first time I did it, it, was, it felt a bit mechanical. I was in, in, in a friend's kitchen, ta- uh, sitting at a kitchen table, no pads, no lights down. All of a sudden, it's sort of like, all right, all right. And I could feel something like this because it's, you're letting out rivers of living water. I'm just gonna pray. In a minute, I want us to worship. Just close your eyes for a sec. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right now, I thank you. 
I thank you. Right now it says, let him who thirsts say, come. Lord, we're thirsty. Lord, we're thirsty. Is anyone thirsty in this room tonight? Anyone really thirsty in this room tonight? Because I'll tell you what, right now, we don't want to toil under a closed heaven. We want to be diligent to enter the rest. We actually want to understand the significance of open heavens. Holy Ghost. Oh, there we go. Just something just started to shift. Okay, I'm just going to just decree a bit over you and then we'll get into worship. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. I just decree a spirit of outpouring and revival. I thank you. I thank you for rivers of living water. I thank you right now. Saturate this atmosphere, Lord God, with rivers of living water. Lord, I thank you right now. Right now, Lord God, that people are feeling that unction. They're feeling that glory. They're feeling that ability. Lord, I thank you when the heavens are open, people get healed. When the heavens are open, finances get provided for. When the heavens are open, you surround us with favour as with a shield. When the heavens are open, we thank you that broken bodies are brought into heavenly alignment. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you've rent the heavens in Christ. But now we thank you. We come into agreement. We say yes to revival in South Australia. We say yes to souls. We say yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stand if you can. Just stand. You can put the pads up a little bit, please. <clears throat> Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Just for a little bit, can you just, I just want you to start praying the Spirit, but I just want you to give it melody and just start to worship the Lord. I want you to see those living waters flowing out your innermost being. Can you put the, 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 the music up, please? Hallelujah. Yep, keep going. There we go. There we go. Just a little bit louder, please. There we go, there we go. Come on, let those rivers of living water out of your belly under the Lord. If you're not filled with the Spirit, just worship God anyway. Just lift your voice to Him. Lift your voice to heaven. Your 
Your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory. Sambarashi ba 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 ba. Sira ba 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 la 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 ba 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 ba. Sika na ba 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 ba. Sambarra ba 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 ria ra ba 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 ba. Shomba kakalakara burra ba ba ribiria ra ba ba ba. Simbarra ba la 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 la. Shiba ba ba ram ba 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 ba. Surra ba ba
We're not going to draw this out. It's going to be for the thirsty ones. Who's never been filled with the Spirit that wants to be filled with the Spirit? Wave at me. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, yep, brilliant. Who else? Who else never been filled with the Spirit? You're hungry. You're hungry. You're thirsty if you've never been, okay? You might have a little bit of anxiety. Just If you're hungry enough to overcome it, do you know what? Can I just, can I get you and you? Can you just stand in the aisle? Just stand in the aisle. Could you please come up and, girls, if you can come up and this lovely lady standing in the aisle up here, you're going to go lay hands and it'll be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, it's called uh, Jew West. Praise God. Praise God. And when you're praying for it, when you're receiving, just put your hands out and just don't you pray, Christina. Just get her to receive in the beginning. Just get her to just breathe in, just drink in. While, we're, while she's doing that, we've done this before. Why don't you ask the Lord for a new tongue? We've done this, we did this a couple of years ago. But ask the Lord for a new tongue. It might be like a bit warfare or intercession or I don't know. But why don't you ask the Lord for a new tongue and then just step out in faith and just see what happens. Because it's just like, now God can anoint the one syllable sounds, that's for sure. But if you want to step out, what we're going to do is I'm going to pray over you guys. And then when I say go for it, we'll just see what happens. Father, right now, I just thank You for everyone here. I thank You. It's a new season. I thank You. We're going from faith to faith, glory to glory. I thank You right now for those who are hungry. I thank You for a new tongue, a new utterance in the Spirit. I thank You. Greater authority, greater anointing, an anointing that destroys the yoke. I thank You, Lord God. We ask for a new utterance to come out of our belly. We thank You that it's going to be so anointed. It's going to break the bars of bronze. It's going to break the gates of bronze. We thank You for a spirit of militancy in the Holy Ghost that just dissolves every chain, every chain. In Jesus' Name, go for it, guys. Put the pads up a little bit. That's it, just let it out of your belly. Just let it out of your belly. Just let it out of your belly. Just a little longer go for it, guys. Just let it out. Holy, 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 holy. 
holy, 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 Jesus, 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 Twenty-two is the year. It's all going to happen, guys. We're going to be um, we're going to start teaching you guys about binding and loosening in the keys of the kingdom. We're going to go. We're going to go full tilt boogie for territory. Hopefully, we can announce some things on Sunday. It's not. It's out of my hands. 
hopefully we can. We'll see what happens. But who's, who's excited? Seriously, I tell you what right now, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be an external thing. Just start going, Lord, I just thank You. I thank You for open heavens over my life. Cultivate it through praise. Cultivate it through worship. Cultivate it through praying in the Spirit. Cultivate it through decree. Just say, Lord, I just thank You for open heavens. Thank You, Lord, for healing my marriage. Thank You, God, for restoring my finances. Thank You, Lord, for that creative miracle in my body. Thank You, Lord, for favour with my family. Thank You for souls. Thank You for favour. Thank You for restitution in every way, shape or form. Thank You, Lord, for restoring the years the locusts have eaten. Under an open heaven, it's easy. Under an open heaven, it's easy. And the Lord's gonna teach us to be diligent to enter the rest. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. You can take your communions, then you can leave when you're ready. Praise God. Take it standing up if you want. Today's the 17th. We thank You, Lord God, that You're doing things on a historical level. We thank You right now. We say yes and come into full alignment with the scrolls and the spirit of revival. We thank You. We say yes to what You've done already in the state, but we say yes to what You did in the Hebrides. We say yes to what You did in Wales. We say yes to what You've done in Brownsville, Toronto, Lakeland. We thank You for Cain Ridge. We thank You, Lord God, and what You've done in Jerusalem again and again and again and again. We thank You, Lord God. We thank You. We honour those moves of God, but we thank You for, for birthing something new that's going to go into the nations. We thank You for ancient wells being unstopped, ancient wells being unblocked. We thank You right now for what is impossible for man is easy for God. What is impossible for man is easy for God. I just thank you, Lord. Bless everyone here. So if you want to sit and chill for a while, you can just soak. Otherwise, we'll work. hopefully we can announce some things Sunday or not long after. We'll see what happens. Otherwise, you have a, a great week and uh, stay drunk. Just turn the other pads a little bit if you can. And then, yeah, brilliant. 